warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 138 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? 
It's going pretty good. We had a Kickstarter going, right? We did. We just completed one mere hours ago. Mayor or mere? I think it's mere. Mere hours ago. You're referring to me as the mayor. I was referring to you as the meerkat of the show. I am the mayor of the meerkat. Because you stand up and kind of watch for weird clicks and pops in the audio. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I find them. (laughs) And I have two opposable thumbs. It's like a meerkat. Yes, you do. But yes, we just completed our Kickstarter. Uh, After 30, what is it, 33 days of Kickstarting, uh, we completed our campaign at 119% of our goal to make the 2016 Comedy of Horrors Film Festival at the SIF Uptown Theater in Seattle a reality. So congratulations and thank you to all our backers. Each and every one of you. Every one of you. We will be thanking you all by name a little later in the show. Because that's part of our thing, but... Yeah, uh, it makes a lot more sense than thanking you by blood type. We really appreciate the opportunity again to present the finest in horror comedy films from around the world to such a awesomely enthusiastic audience, so thanks. Yeah, thank you. Although, we may just steal your money this year. The jury is still out on that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad, though, because we were so close to meeting our first stretch goal, which was at $6,000, we are going to be able to give anybody who pledged ticket level or higher a custom Bone Bat beanie, and we couldn't quite swing that. We were so close. Maybe next year. year. Right on. I'm so psyched we're going to have a film festival in 2016. And so now you may wonder what's next. Well, now we, what is next? we go to work. So we've already started collecting shorts from around the world. Uh, we're working with an artist to uh, pull together some fantastic merch for you again this year. And uh, we're recording this podcast, which will kind of kick the whole season off. And in the holidays in style. Right. Now, addition to that, we've got some awesome music this episode. Woohoo! Yeah, so we got some awesome holiday music this episode. We got holiday music from our friends, the Nickel Slots, who recorded a four-song Christmas EP, which we will be playing on this episode. Absolutely. And not only that, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out, I hear. No. Yeah, really? it, it came out tonight. And along I'm with that, even here, MC Lars has a brand new album out called Z- The Zombie Dinosaur LP. And his brand new video for the song If I Were a Jedi, That Would Be Awesome launches this week as well. So we've got an interview with MC Lars, and we'll be playing a couple of cuts from his new release, too. How cool is that? That's pretty damn cool, man. We're, this is this, a it's cool like a big episode. stuffed Santa sack full of awesome. A stuffed Santa sack full of awesome. That's right. Wow. That's exactly what that's like. Man, I feel like coming down the chimney right now. <laughs> I feel like coming. Down the chimney. So, dude, before we get into any of that. Yeah. What pisses you off? Dude, you know what pisses me off? I think we touched on this before. And I I feel that perhaps the word hasn't gotten out enough, and so I'm going to explain it a little bit more explicitly. What pisses me off are fuck-ups in the traffic circle. I'm beginning to think that... A glorieta, if you are from Spain. I think that the roundabout is just a piss-poor idea in general. Why? It's the most efficient way to do an intersection. Is it really? Yeah, nobody really has to stop unless things are too crowded for it to safely proceed. 
Yeah, when it's you have a very efficient way to go. When you have seven cars piled up in one, it makes it considerably slower because people okay, are fucking I, stupid. I, I, let me dial that back a bit then. If people know what to do, it is the most efficient intersection possible. Okay. Well, maybe it's the cultural difference that it's a new thing here in Redmond, Washington. That people aren't used to using them. That they think that if one comes in front of you, you just go. Now, here's it doesn't matter if somebody's already in the circle. You go. No, no, no. That's not how that works. You explain. Go. Cars in the traffic circle. If you're in the circle, it's like the highway. You yeah. don't stop. Right. You don't stop. You have the right of way. You keep driving around and around in that circle until you get to the place where you want to pull out of the circle and go on your way. Maybe you go in, you go one quarter of the way around the circle, and you make a right. Maybe you go in and you go three quarters away around the circle, and you make a right. Maybe you go all the way around the circle, and you've essentially done a U-turn. But the important thing is, once you're in that circle, you know stop. You go. Now, if you come up to the traffic circle and there's nothing in there that's going to hit you when you drive in, you drive right on in. You don't even have to slow down or anything. If you need to slow down a little to let a car get out in front of you, slow down. If you need to come to a complete stop before you get into the traffic circle, come to a complete stop, merge in as you can. What you don't do, what you absolutely under no circumstances whatsoever do you do, is when you're driving in the circle itself, do you come to a stop? Also, what you don't do is drive up to an empty traffic circle, slam on your brakes and panic because there's a traffic circle in front of you. No, you go into it. You go. Ah, I don't but, know why this is so tough for people to figure out. Ah, but here's the rub. My, in my experience, on multiple occasions, I have been in the circle with the right-of-way, and I've been forced to stop because if I didn't lock up my brakes, I would T-bone into another vehicle who has just entered the circle right in front of me while I was traveling at 15 miles an hour towards them. It's totally legal to kill those people. In fact, I believe it's a, it's a social Darwinism exercise just to weed them out. If my they God. can't merge, just like on the highway, if they, if they can't merge, then it's okay to slam into them, leave a flaming ball of wreckage behind. And it's happened on multiple occasions in the, this same roundabout that people think that the one direction, like, I'm just going to go. I mean, everybody's going to stop and wait for me. Well, I, but it, that isn't how it works. I, I don't get how people can be, how do they get where they're going without getting killed? I don't know. <laughs> if they can't negotiate a simple thing as a roundabout. Now, many a time, I will be in the roundabout and see a car speeding up on me like they're expecting me to break, and I, I absolutely do not break. I just keep going because I know I have the right-of-way. And yeah, I, I, I would have, them to come. Had I done that, I would have hit another car and on three separate occasions. And well within your rights. And if they survive, actually, uh, according to federal law, you can drag them out and knife them. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's pretty sure that's not true. I I'm not a lawyer, but I saw I saw it on <laughs> I TV saw a knifing on TV once. Yeah, and so I think it's legal. I see. Yeah, so I had a thing where I was in the traffic circle, exercising my God-given right away in the traffic circle, and some dick jogger tried to get in front of me. Now he had sidewalk he could have been jogging on. Next to that, he had a bike lane he could have been jogging in. Would have been the wrong place, but he still could have been there. The circle itself 
absolutely not the right place for a pedestrian, especially one in front of me. And he tried to step in front of me. I kept going. I would have run him down. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Holy shit. I hope he's listening to this show. You know who you are, <laughs> jogger in the traffic circle guy. Not for you. Get out of there. Yeah, I, I don't lie. I'm not a fan of the traffic circles. I, I just think uh, America's not ready for them. America better get ready because <laughs> they're here. You know, we have them all over uh, campus at UC Davis. Yeah. And there's like a zillion and 90 bicycles going through them all the time. Uh-huh. They totally flip and work. It's great. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that, that here where I live, people don't get it. Just don't get it. Yeah, once again, Redmond tries to bill itself as the you know the best bicycle city, but you guys can't even master a roundabout. Well, in cars, maybe they would be able to master it in on bikes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. You know what else pisses me off, Steve? What's that? Still, since we we touched on traffic circles before, something else that we've touched on before. What? Still, Star Wars. The QB protection that the refs throwing flags. Every time someone brushes against a quarterback, it's gotten a lot better, but it's still terrible. It's still like if if you're going to tackle the quarterback, you're going to get a flag. So you know what you may as well do? If you're going to tackle a quarterback, knock him down, just shank him in the liver a couple of times with a piece of rusty rebar because you're going to get a flag anyway. Man, you're especially stabby tonight. I'm in a really stabby mood tonight. You are. It's that's I've noticed a recurring theme. I'll say hmm. it. All right, so what pisses you off, Steve? And don't say it's stabbing, because I will stab you. I will cut you. (laughs) You know, I think I said it. I think that the traffic circle pisses me off, too, and uh, we had a Kickstarter finish tonight, so I'm all all pissed. You're always pissed a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm in an okay place tonight. You're going to wake up tonight screaming. (laughs) It'll be bottled up inside, and then all of a sudden it'll come out. Nah, I'm not pissed. Let's listen to a tune. All right, let's do it. Let's take one from MC Lars off the Zombie Dinosaur LP. This is actually the title cut from that release. Enjoy. The Zombie T-Rex is back, undead swag with that old school rap. Cause it's Curtis Blow with that nerdist flow Getting pterodactyl flag on the track Four records deep, five VPs One mixtape cause you can't kill me Poison when I spit it, Komodo dragon yeah. Nerdcore royalty, Komodo dragon Sesco Bedalian loquaciousness No rapper ever born dared to rhyme like this MC Lars with the rhythmic alacrity Oratory skills causing mad catastrophe The whole crew sick, like Kubrick Got your eyes wide shut for this apocalypse Let's face it, I'm an awesome rapper Post-punk laptop velociraptor No, I won't dumb it down for the mainstream fan Cause the mainstream fan has lame taste, man Yeah, I said it And I'm flying over hurdles Keep it underground like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles See a funny thing happen on my way to the stage Way laid by a stegosaurus, second on my leg. When I made my escape, it was way too late. Got a T-virus strain all up in my veins. Bringing pain like the Necronomicon. Iguanagon loose up at Comic-Con. Tearing up your lawn like a Mothlodon. Take away your girl like I was Donkey Kong. Jurassic Park, this van in your city every time I rock a show. Cause the fans all bounce when I light up the room with that pyroclastic flow. Yo! Ah! I 
time make that smart music that hard DIY from the heart music that Larsy came to straight rocket music that burning down your local hot topic music that KRS one on my album music that of course you know I read up on Malcolm music that PMA all day music that guy who gave you K Flay music that RIP Pat Wood music that only want to do a bit of good music that got here on my own music that hey it's weird Al on my phone music that lit hop and Gorilla Pole music that show your English teacher how to flow music that Ted Talk read a book music that look at a crack on the hook music like no mercy no surrender zombie t-rex i'm killing it forever no mercy no surrender zombie t-rex i'm killing it forever no mercy no surrender zombie t-rex i'm killing it forever top story tonight, a herd of zombie dinosaurs is loose in San Francisco, causing more damage and destruction than the city has ever seen. We go now live to the Golden Gate Bridge, where a zombie Tyrannosaurus Rex is currently ripping apart the suspension cables and pushing cars into the bay. has already seen its local coffee markets impacted by these zombie dinosaurs. What these developments mean for your organic Arabica. And then, enterprising young people are bringing gentrification to dinosaur caves and dens. We find the city's best apocalyptic food trucks. And finally, an Oxford study finds that white kids are still not hyphy. What can you do to help? We'll cover it after the break. All right, we are back, and joining us now, our preferred purveyor of post-punk laptop rap, the one and only MC Lars. How you been, man? Hey, Steve, good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Oh, it totally has, but uh, I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to chat once more on the release of your brand new album, the Zombie Dinosaur LP. Pretty cool stuff. Oh, thanks, man. It's been a really great year, and I'm really fortunate to keep putting music out and i feel stoked <laughs> nice well one of the things that, that i've really enjoyed about the album so far uh, since i've been spending time with it is that it seems following up the more introspective melancholy lars attacks you almost went back to this gigantic robot kills as a blueprint and updated that with kind of all new stuff to give you an updated snapshot of who you are as an artist was that sort of the plan yeah, man. I mean, I think I've, this last year I was in a happier place, and I think with um, large attacks, it's kind of more like a j- journals, like you know, sad journal entries that became these songs. It was I was dealing with this two things: trying to like figure out a lot of existential questions, and also trying to prove to myself and my audience that uh, what I do didn't have to be like fun party parody pop hip hop music. That I could do something serious, and and I felt like. 
I proved that, and so I didn't need to do that again. I wanted to make happy songs. <laughs> well, it you does know? seem like the the ratio of playful to personal has been upped quite a bit on this new release. You can definitely feel that. Thanks, man. Well, I felt I felt it was really fun to put out. You know. Well, it's fun to listen to. So I absolutely understand. Thanks, man. Now, one of the things I've always liked about it is that you, you always have social commentary that runs through your albums, and certainly in the th- uh, same strain as Hot Topic is Not Punk Rock or Guitar Hero Hero, this time you have the Sublime with Rome is Not Sublime. And <laughs> I just, I, I really thought that that was a interesting comment because as such a fan of music myself you see so many bands that get together again after years and years and years and try to make you know one last tour work and it's it is kind of a challenge because it can't it it isn't always pulled off right 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 but i think it's like there's also this culture of nostalgia now you know that that song kind of addresses you know sure absolutely i think that we're so fragmented with current pop culture that Anything outside of like the Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Drake world is very niche just by definition of of how fragmented media is. And so it's easy to be one of those bands and go out and make the money, even if you're not the original lineup. And so that song is, yeah, like not necessarily calling those guys out, but more of a comment on the fragmentation of culture and nostalgia's how nostalgia is always marketable. You feel me? Oh, absolutely. Have, has the, have there been any tours that you've seen where you say to yourself, wow, damn, if they didn't actually pull it off. I didn't think that they could, but they still play just as tight as a show as they used to. Well, I mean, I, I saw Wu-Tang at um, Rock the Bells a few years ago, and it was everyone but ODB and his son filled in. And I thought, you know, I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was, they sounded great. The energy was great. But then I've seen like the far side and they're, you know, that group is like half the original members and <laughs> right. they're still dope, but it's, 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 it's not the same, you know, it's, and I think it's like hard because every band, there's always weird dynamics and being a solo artist, whenever there's been a weird dynamic musically, I just move on to the next record, you know? Sure. Yeah. So it's, I have a unique perspective on it, but how about you? Have you ever seen a reunion show and, and been impressed? You know, uh, more often in like the world of metal, I'll see a band like uh, when Carcass toured again after years and years uh, or At The Gates. Those were a couple of bands that I saw and I was just like, wow, that was an amazing show. And I never got to see them when they were in their prime. So it was really cool to have that opportunity again. That's cool. And I guess metal is some, is a genre where it's like so technical that if you can learn the songs and play them, that's impressive unto itself. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. It's interesting, though. I was kind of, you know, ruminating on this. I was wondering, because, you know, we tell our sports heroes, you know, your legs are only going to be good for like 10 years. you got to have something to fall back on. But we don't do that for musicians. You never see musicians going into, like, real estate or opening a car dealership after they've put out six albums. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or if you do, you don't hear about it, you know? They'll do it silently. (laughs) So maybe we need to get a program going, you know, to, to help people out. Yeah, the, the post, the the phase two of your career music program. Absolutely. So, uh, kind of going back to the album, um, I'm a person who's had just a lifelong love affair with books, and uh, Never Afraid. I found really a touching tune for me that really spoke to me uh kind of your love of you know children's books and how you got because you wouldn't get to be the rapper that you are without that love of language that you learned at a young age well thank you man that and that idea that was um that was watsky's idea because he saw that 
on my bio, I wrote about having a librarian mom and he is a librarian mom too. So he was like, Hey, we should do write a song about this. So sh- that shout out to him for the, having the concept, but yeah, that, that song is um, a tribute to literary mothers. And I think that like in this culture of tablets and screens, you know, it's very important to, to read and have that organic time with your kids. Did you read to your kids when they were little? Absolutely. Yeah. Every night. But you know what? It's kind of cheating. Cause my wife and I both worked for bookstores and book companies for many, many years. So because of that, you know, the, the kids have always grown up around books, almost to the extent that they kind of don't see them, that they're around so much. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. They take it for granted, huh? Or they're just part of the culture. A little bit, a little bit, I think. And I think that there will come a day when they appreciate it more, probably, that, you know, we have a household where if they need to find a recipe, we have a hundred cookbooks. They can find any type of recipe right here, you know? They don't That's always awesome. need to go to the internet to find something. They can actually find, you know, a solid piece of material around the house that can help. That's awesome, Ed. Well, congrats. Oh, That's great. Thank you. <laughs> so another song that you did on the new release, uh, Zombie Dinosaur, uh, is based on one of my favorite films, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now tell us a little bit about how the dip uh, came together. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've always... That's my favorite movie, and I always wanted to do something about it. My verse and the chorus... Well, the, the my verse is, was based on um, this rapper named asap ferg and he has this song it's it's called shaba ranks and so his chorus goes sha shaba ranks sha shaba ranks so i i made roger rabbit like i thought it'd be funny so (laughs) that was inspired by him so that kind of led one thing led to another and i always wanted to work with cool keith and i saw that he was following me on twitter so i sent him a private message and he was down to do it and uh yeah i'm happy with that song i wish we could have made a video but it would have been expensive <laughs> to do all the animation. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, especially with an animated video. And you, you would have to, you know, kind of go the whole nine yards with it because that is such a influential film in terms of mixing live action and animation, you know? It's so timeless, and it's so beautiful. And I think two things make it timeless. One is the fact that there's no CGI or green screen, and all the practical effects, like, still yeah. look good. And I think the other thing is it being a a, a, noir, a noir piece in the 40s means that it never seems dated. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So those two things really make it a special movie. So I wanted to do a tribute to it. And um, the dude playing guitar in it is Monty Pittman, who's a metal guy who's Madonna's guitarist, actually. And he's great. And I told him I wanted to do like Pantera kind of rip. So <laughs> I was nice. happy, really happy with how that came together. Very cool. One of the things that I also noticed, uh, you know, kind of speaking back to love a language, is that I probably own a couple of thousand CDs, and yet Zombie Dinosaur LP is the very first one that I have ever owned that uses the word vituperative. So I have to give you some props for that, man. Hey, that's <laughs> that's that's great. Well, thank you. That's a big boy like, word, right? I like there. that word. Absolutely. And my co-host is kind of vituperative, so it all makes sense. It ties together. <laughs> you so, feel me you feel me so tell me do you have any big tour plans in the new year coming up yeah man i'm doing i'm going to england again with bowling for soup and then i'm doing a, a u.s tour with mega ran and then i'm going to australia to promote the record and then i'm doing a ba- going back to the uk with cuckoo kangaroo so wow that's great big, big year yeah a lot a lot of great stuff and i love that i can still 
tour internationally and <laughs> life is good. Uh, hopefully we'll be in in Seattle. That's where you are, right? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for remembering. You know, you know. I can never forget you, Steve. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. So before you go on tour, though, I, I am assuming that you're going to have time to enjoy the new Star Wars film uh, since you have a Jedi song on this new album. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we have. Um, I have tickets for it. How about you? <laughs> I haven't got tickets yet. I, I'm going to wait. See, I never saw the first Star Wars. Like, it had to come to town and be at the drive-in for me to see it. So I'm going to see. wait a week. I'm going to go visit my family for Christmas. I'm going to see it with my family. That's how I'm going to do it. Okay, cool. Well, stay off the internet, right? I know, I, I right? Like yeah. On the first day, because everyone's going to be spoiling it. So were you a big action figure guy when you were a kid? Yeah, definitely. Ninja Turtles. Like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't collect really any Star Wars action figures, okay. but Ninja Turtles for sure. <laughs> nice. How about you? Oh, yeah. I had uh, a bunch of Star Wars action figures at the time. So, yeah. That, that, you know, whenever these movies come out, it brings back a lot of uh, warm memories for me. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so. That's cool. Uh, yeah, what did you think of uh, episodes one through three? Uh, wanted to like them more than I did, you know? Because I'm kind of in for, I've pushed all my chips in. I'm a fan. I can admit it. But you always found yourself kind of nitpicking stuff in your brain when you walk out of it. Ah, oh, damn. I just wish it was better. There's a, like a new fan cut out that's called like the anti-cheese cut of all three films that takes out like kind of the fart jokes and things and tightens it up and makes it more of a science fiction thing. I'm looking forward to seeing those. <laughs> Someone just edited it and put it online? Yeah, yeah. Right on YouTube. That's cool. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about this Jedi song, man. You've done a video for it? Yeah, so this song is called If I Were a Jedi, That Would Be Hella Awesome. And uh, <laughs> it was directed by my friend Ben Garby. Uh, we filmed in Chicago. It features Brian from I Fight Dragons and the Midwest 501s, which is like a Star Wars tribute group who dress like stormtroopers and stuff. And they're like authorized by George Lucas. Nice. Well, I Fight Dragons is awesome, so that's really cool that you were able to partner with them. I love those guys a lot. What a fun band. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, why don't we check out this song? Do you have anything else you'd like to say to your fans? Uh, just thanks to everyone for your support, and thanks to you, Steve. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, sir. Here it is from the Zombie Dinosaur LP. If I were a Jedi, that would be hella awesome. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital to use the force for good. Of course, Skywalker, that's my time. Here we go. If I were a Jedi, I could outrap Buster Rhymes. Going in like Qui-Gon Jinn for the win, I could flow in quadruple time. And at the Canadian border, every time I went on tour, I'd be like, this is not the undeclared MC Lars merch that you're looking for. I could levitate like Yoda, I'd eradicate Eola. I could pick up girls, literally, even master the viola. I could read all of War and Peace in 10 minutes, entirely in Russian, just to say that I did it. I could even catch that golden snitch playing Quidditch. Wait, wrong move, innit? Pod racing up the 101, surpassing Golden Gate traffic. R2 on the roof of my Prius, dude. I could FaceTime holographic. I'd play for the A's and we'd win every game. Resurrect Matt Dre, do it all for the Bay. They'd all say, hey, Lars is neato. And always let me cut the line at El Ferralito. Two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some Jedi rhyme. So I said this rhyme I'm about to say. I fought the Sith and it went this way. If I were a Jedi, bet I'd get all the ladies. I would mack it more than Dumbledore or Leo Atreides. If you try to strike me down, I'll just be more powerful. If I were a Jedi, that would be hella awesome. Singing to 
What's up? This is MC Lars, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. Yo. All right. Once again, that was If I Were a Jedi, That Would Be Hella Awesome by MC Lars. Thank you again to MC Lars for joining us on the show. As always, it is a pleasure to speak with him. You can find the Zombie Dinosaur LP at mclars.com or through his Bandcamp site. If you'll find the link at the Bone Bat homepage. So, dude, next we've got some music from the uh, Nickel Slots. Now, unfortunately, they could not join us this episode with an interview because... We, we thought we were going to have an interview. Paul's in really is a complete and utter tool. As a matter of fact, I think I banned him for life from the show. So <laughs> That's right. Maybe that's why he's not on the show. You realize that the last minute he was banned for life. <laughs> So uh, I guess we should fill everybody in on what's going on in the world of the Nickel Slots, eh, Gord? Hey, let's fill everybody in. Nickel Slots have a four-song Christmas EP that they put out, and uh, it's pretty rocking, and we're going to play it. Yeah, actually. Nickel Slots have have continued to rock the Sacramento Bay Area quite a bit. If you're in this area, it's almost like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Nickel Slot, and that's as it should be. We uh, opened the show with Shot in a Beer for Christmas, taken from the Christmas with the Nickel Slots EP. And, uh, you know, it's too bad they couldn't join us on the show because I wanted to ask them uh, how their show at the Great American Music Hall went with the Pine Box Boys. The show that was, and it said this right on the poster, Bone Bat as Fuck. Well, I said that. But did did you go? No, I was not able to go. It was a Tuesday night in San Francisco, and I was doing the father of two children thing during the week. Yeah, okay. Now, let's talk about, that's what pisses me off, is these dads these days who seem to love their kids more than important things. Like my friend Liam, last week, instead of watching the Seahawks game with me, went to his son's soccer game. During a Seahawks game. What the shit? And here you are. son of a bitch. Parenting instead of going to see the Pine Box Boys and the Nickel Slots at the same time. That's like better than sex. What's wrong with you, man? Certainly a last. At some point, you got to stop molly coddling those kids and let them grow up and live on their own, man. Seriously, they can microwave some macaroni and cheese uh, for one night. God damn, dude, go see some music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how about you get off my dick? Parent of the year over here. Jesus Christ, God damn. Yeah, I wanted to ask him that too. Pity he's not here. Yeah, too bad. You yeah. know why he's not here? Well, there's no truth to the rumor that Paul Zinn murdered a hooker this morning. <laughs> there's absolutely no... I don't care how many times people say that Paul Zinn murdered a hooker in West Sacramento this morning. Paul Zinn did not murder a hooker in West Sacramento. You can say that morning. as often as you want, but the real reason he's not on the show is because I banned his ass for life from this show. That's why... Mr. Funny with your clip art on the internet. Huh? Where are you at now, Paul Zinn? I'm going to record fart sounds over your Christmas tunes. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll just sell it as like uh, B-sides <laughs> later on. You know, what be, you know what would be great? If somebody did do like an album of obscene Christmas songs. That would be awesome. I think a number of people have done albums. Somebody should do that at some point. I don't know. I just it's some, just. I idea. think that's like some rockin' modern hip with it podcast you probably record something like that yeah something like that holy shit who's this 
Well, speak of the devil. Joining us now on the Bone Bat Show, none other than Paul Zinn of the Nickel Slots. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Steve. Good to talk to you guys again. You stood me up for an hour and seven minutes, and yet I'm still here. Uh, we What? <laughs> oh, man, we talked so much shit about you, too. I don't know how I'm going to edit all that out. <clears throat> I'm sure you have the skills, but, but probably not the decency. <laughs> the inclination. How yeah. does he know me so well? So a brand new Christmas EP. That's pretty cool. Yeah, our guitarist uh, Steve Amaral has been telling us for years that he wanted to do that, and finally we uh, we unshackled him and put ourselves to work this summer recording Christmas music. <laughs> and you recorded straight up Christmas music. You did not record filthy uh, versions of traditional Christmas songs. I'm half impressed <laughs> and half saddened. Well, Gord, all you're aware of is that we do not release filthy versions of Christmas songs. You have no idea what we record. <laughs> well, that's I probably am so looking forward to the B-sides. Wouldn't that be from your other bands, the uh, We Blow Kings album that you're planning on releasing at some point? <laughs> uh, the Blow Kings have, have done their thing and uh, <laughs> will not be further active on this planet, I think. Uh, oh. there, there was a fun re- uh, reunion show this summer, but uh, that's probably it. I do recall that, yes. Yeah. So, dude, one of the things actually I thought was interesting is that two of the songs on your Christmas EP are songs that I remember from Christmas cartoons. From Christmas cartoons. So, yeah, uh, the Burl Ives Car- one. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, Holly Jolly Christmas from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And Blue Christmas was in uh, The Year Without a Santa Claus, the uh, cartoon that was famous for bringing us Heat Miser and Cold Miser. Oh, man. The only song I could remember from that from that special was the heat miser song so well admittedly that was the best song on there yeah i I don't remember the blue christmas was in that one that's cool yeah so i I thought that was pretty cool that uh, you had a couple of songs there kind of bring me back to my childhood that's a lot of fun was was that a cold miser uh feature that one uh no it was uh i think a little girl sent santa a letter uh basically because he wasn't coming this year and she was sad oh yeah and so of course blue having a blue blue christmas fits right in totally well, if they ever redo that special, they'll have to use our version. I, I would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, you did a show which I believe the promotional material referred to as Bone Bat as Fuck. You played <laughs> with another band that uh, we're playing on this very show, the Pine Box Boys, at the Great American Music Hall, and I haven't had a chance to ask you, how awesome was that show? <laughs> that show was Bone Bat as Fuck. <laughs> and that's awesome and I'm, i think it was only your promotional materials that called it that but i guess Could it be. still qualifies yeah sure yeah no that was my first opportunity to to see the pine box boys live and they really delivered uh, i don't believe everything that i saw that night on the stage uh, <laughs> i'm still afraid of the teddy bear that my wife has in a corner after hearing <laughs> Esther sing, teddy bear has teeth yeah, I'm, I really wish I was uh, going to be up there for the, the film fest and, and catch them performing there too. That oh, you're a lesser person for not doing it. Just yeah, I wish I wish I could have been there, man, to see both of you guys on the same bill. Two bands we've had on the show multiple times and that we're obviously fans of. Uh, we always play both of your music, and I just thought that was such a great pairing. It was unfortunate that we couldn't be there to see it. Hopefully it will not be the last time. I hope not. It would be great to see you guys even tour together. That would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. We're not sharing the van with Lester's teddy bear, though. <laughs> I would. No, or, you want to keep that locked yeah, up. Yeah, you, you don't want to share the van with Dodds, either. 
because I, <laughs> okay. I, I think he kills Thanks people. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, there, there you are. <laughs> yeah, he kills people for pocket change and candy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our lives are probably worth less than that. <laughs> so since you said you kind of recorded this over the summer, is it hard to get in the Christmas mood when you're recording Christmas tunes during summertime? It's really odd, but that's just how it goes. That's that is when Christmas songs are recorded in this world. <laughs> um, <laughs> the good thing is that the recording studio itself is very well air conditioned, so oh, okay, we, we can yeah, we we can feel cool and and Decembery inside while we're doing our thing. Because yeah, uh, it's hard to record Christmas albums unless you have erect nipples. At least that's in- my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a prerequisite? Well I had well no said. idea. Now I now I can think of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and those guys. <laughs> now I just have the wrong mental image after those last two comments. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. So do I. So what's next? You're gonna do a Hanukkah album but, or Ramadan uh, album? Or? Hanukkah's a little further down the list. Okay. But I think uh, our next project we're gonna be doing a music video for one of the songs from our most recent album from from uh, Let It Ride last year. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, it will be uh, a more ambitious project than, than our previous couple of music videos. And uh, we'll, we'll be involving some, some more musicians from the Sacramento music scene, I think. So look for that one uh, sometime maybe next spring or so. Cool. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine what you would do with Warp 11. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you know, an odd mix. Warp 11, the Pine Box Boys, and the Nickel Slots on one bill. That's what we need. That would be bone wow. bad as fuck right there. Yeah. I'm nice. afraid if that happens, there would be some kind of a singularity. The whole universe would be sucked into. It would be like a hyper-dense point of bone backness. And <laughs> the world would collapse in on itself. Something yes. like that, yeah. Oh, because it is all about bone back, really. As far as I'm concerned. At least on this show, anyway. <laughs> so, Paul, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the show. My friend, what pisses you off? You know, what pisses me off is when a couple of guys tell me that they uh, they want to have me on their podcast and, and they're going to call me about 9 o'clock <laughs> and like 10, 15 rolls around and, and I'm still sitting in front of my computer. Oh, not that that's ever happened, but... Uh, you know, I've got no problem like throwing my co-host under the bus for this one. He was supposed to be wrangling you. He was supposed to bring you to the green room, give you the fruit basket. He was supposed Wait, to. What? He was I supposed gotten... to take care of you, Paul. And I'd like to apologize for the entire bone bad establishment for Gordon's piss poor management of this deal. I, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Wow, you know, that does, you know, that and does you don't bring deserve, you deserve better, the... Paul. You deserve better. Piss poor management is what Gord is known for. So. <laughs> I've got to print it on the shirt I'm wearing right now. <laughs> Other than that, nothing is pissing me off right now. It's the holidays, and uh, and I'm in a good mood. You're in a good mood because yeah. there's absolutely yeah. no truth to the rumor that you killed a hooker in West Sacramento this morning, no matter how many times we've heard it on this show tonight. <laughs> Those two things are not mutually exclusive, me being in a good mood and, and you know what you just said. It's kind of just a holiday tradition, really. <laughs> That's what I like about you, Paul. You're a, you're a traditional man. <laughs> With traditional values, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've ridden this completely into the toilet. I think we have. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your rendition of the aforementioned Blue Christmas, Paul? Uh, the aforementioned Blue Christmas, we found all the lyrics there are for that song, which aren't many. I think we may have repeated some of them more than in the original. I'm not totally sure. 
it, it gave us about three minutes of a song, which is nice. And uh, we let Steve Amaral, our lead guitarist, take a couple of times around the chord progression on his solos so we can make it worth his while. <laughs> there you so go. it's, it's uh, probably a little twangier than the Elvis version, but not as twangy as the Dwight Yoakam version. I think there's a Dwight Yoakam version. All right. Well, uh, let's give it a listen. Here you go, folks. Blue Christmas from the Nickel Slots. You blew Christmas, didn't you? No, no, no. We were just spooning. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Once again, that was the Nickel Slots with Blue Christmas from their brand new release, Christmas with the Nickel Slots. The very <laughs> excitingly named Christmas with the Nickel Slots, like their website. <laughs> you know, you can find this album at christmaswiththenickelslots.bandcamp.ca.mx.bf.fu.pizza. They actually stuck. 
every single keyword for their search engine optimization into the URL. <laughs> it's the only URL with an umlaut in the middle. <laughs> Pretty amazing. All kidding aside, thank you so much to Paul for joining us on the show. He is a swell individual. And you can find their stuff at thenickelslotsmusic.com. I don't care what you say. Paul Zinn <laughs> did not murder a hooker in West Sacramento this morning. People say Paul Zinn murdered a hooker in West Sacramento this morning. Not me. You're not the one who would say that? I am not the one that is saying Paul Zinn murdered a hooker in West Sacramento this morning. That is not true. I don't care who says it. So do you have a uh, any weird stuff this episode, Gordon? I got weird stuff. I got weird stuff from Thailand. What? <laughs> what? When someone says they have weird stuff from Thailand, they probably have some weird stuff. But this isn't the kind of weird stuff you're thinking. A Thai man faces up to 37 years in prison for mocking the king's dog over social media. It is an apparent violation of Thailand's stringent laws against insults aimed at the country's monarch. I I don't know which is more strange to me. The fact that uh, the dog had a Twitter account. (laughs) That's odd. It's a king's dog. That is weird. Right. Or the law itself. Uh, read on. Uh, okay. So it's pretty brief and to the point. Uh, authorities arrested the, a factory worker named uh, Thanacorn Siri Baiboon at his home in suburban Bangkok last week and charged him with writing a sarcastic internet post about Tong Ding, the mongrel owned by the king, as well as sedition in insulting the king. The Thai military, which seized control of the country in a coup last year, did not specify the exact insult that was used. Wow. I don't know what you have to do to get the military to arrest you for insulting the king's dog, but apparently this guy did it. (laughs) That is the craziest story. Isn't that the crazy? I mean, first of all, it seems insane to me that there are countries that still have kings, although I guess even Belgium has a king. But still. Yeah, well, next year when you get arrested for making a funny cartoon about Trump's dog, you'll know. You'll know then, buddy. Yeah, I will suddenly see the error of my ways. I'll flee to Thailand. (laughs) There you go. Where the uh, military is gentle and understanding. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. So, uh, another tune? Yeah, let's have another tune. Let's Let's give a listen to Angels We Have Heard While High from the Nickel Slots. Which is a Northern California classic. (laughs) Wait, is it while high or on high? Uh, Both at the same time. Great brightness did you see? What 
Once again, that was the Nickel Slots with Angels We Have Heard on High, the beautiful rendition from Christmas with the Nickel Slots 2015. Where can you find that release, Gordon? It's the nickelslotsmusic.com. All right. How about a little multimedia triage? Yeah. So I watched the movie, a movie called Dope. Have you seen this movie? I have not seen the movie called Dope. Okay. There's I haven't seen Dope, Dope the it movie is. either. What? I haven't seen Dope the movie either. All right, Dope is a modern version of Risky Business. If you okay. like movies like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Risky Business, that kind of thing, this is a modern version of it. It is R-rated, don't, and it's R-rated for a reason. There's, there is ass and titties and drugs and a little bit of violence. Don't show it to the kids. But it's a pretty cool movie. It's a solid four-star movie. It's directed by someone I've never heard of. It's starring people I don't know. And it's produced by Pharrell. You know, the guy that sings Happy. Ah, okay. Him. But no, it's uh, it was directed by Rick Famuia. Don't know what else he's done. It starred uh, Shamweek Moore, Tony Revol... Oh, shit. Revolori. Tony Revolori, Kiersey Clemens, Kimberly Elsie, and the unearthly beautiful... Chanel Iman. Good golly, does she have a pretty face. Okay. Yeah, I guess she's a model or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's just kind of a cool take on risky business about a, a nerdy do-good kid who wants to get into a real good college, but he's growing up in a crappy part of L.A., and he uh, he hangs with a crew. He's got a couple of friends. They're into 90s hip-hop. They're own, doing their own geeky thing, and there is... There is a mix-up after the local drug lord befriends them, and they get mixed up in all kinds of three o'clock high kind of hijinks, trying to put things right, get the girl, get back into college, what have you. It's a funny movie. I, I laughed out loud. It's a, it's a little bit of a bizarre movie. And uh, there's one thing this movie does so right that I just got to give it props for. Just like the comic book Chew has all kinds of characters that are straight, gay, bi, what have you. None of that is, is played up. It's just all part of the story and it's part of their character. There is a character that is a lesbian in this and they don't make a big deal out of a backstory or a trying to come to terms with their own sexuality or anything like that. That's just who she is. And it's just a, a little tiny aspect of her character and she's just like her dopey teenage friends the guy she hangs out with and it's just it's just done so right and i i love it when a movie doesn't try to make a big statement about something like that they just play it for what it is and make it like real people because people are people and i don't know i just kind of warmed the cockles 
of my heart to see that that finally is starting to be done right in mainstream cinema or independent cinema such as this. Cool. So dope. Check it out. You can rent the disc on Netflix. Four stars, not five. Four stars. Worth your while. What else? Are you? Uh, did you watch Fargo? Did you watch the finale? I did watch the Fargo finale. Yes. Yeah. What'd you think? Amazing. It was a great series. I, I enjoyed it a lot. All the way through, it was amazing. What did you think, Steve? Though about the UFOs? <laughs> it was just kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wasn't it? But. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It didn't somehow. It didn't derail everything. It was just this other weird part of the story. I mean, I, I was more surprised by the ending of it, honestly, than I was by the UFOs, which is really weird. <laughs> yeah, I love living in a world where UFOs are probably part of the universe we live in, and uh-huh. shit happens. <laughs> and so I was completely down with the fact that UFOs appeared did their thing disappeared and then the rest of life went on yeah with little to no really explanation about what that even was right because in real life if something like that happens or when something like that happens there's nothing anybody can do about it and so life just keeps going on i mean what can what 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 are you gonna do yeah i fucking love it yeah another series we just watch is jessica jones yeah, I'm like uh, six, seven episodes into it. Are you done with it? Or are you still yeah, watching? Yeah, we're all done with it. Yeah, I, I okay. loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was better than Daredevil. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Daredevil, and that's not even a slight on Daredevil. I really liked Daredevil. But I, I found myself more wanting to watch the next episode. It was harder to, to pry myself away from Jessica Jones than it was to pry myself away from Daredevil after watching a couple episodes back-to-back. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but I'm I'm having the opposite experience. I'm enjoying Jessica Jones, but I was much more inclined to binge watch Daredevil. I really, really wanted to see the next episode of Daredevil. And Jessica Jones, I go, yeah, I got an hour. I'll, I'll watch an episode if I don't have something else to watch. I'm liking it, but I'm not loving it. I think the villain is cool. Yeah, the villain's great. David Tennant, who's a... Uh... I don't know, one of the Doctor Who's, 11th Doctor, 10th Doctor, I'm not sure. I'm not that much of a Who guy. But, uh, yeah, I thought he just does a fantastic job. And the the guy who plays Luke Cage is awesome. And, yeah, he's uh, really cool. I can't wait till we get to the point where, like, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist are throwing down against villains in the fourth series when they get to the Defenders and stuff like that. That's going to be so awesome. Yeah, if they keep going like they've been going, it's, it's going to be great. Hey, are you watching... The one on Amazon, the uh, Philip K. Dick. Is that and the I Man in the High Tower? Man in the High Tower, yeah. Nope, I am not currently. Nor am I. All right. Something I want to try. I have watched nice. a couple more movies, though. Okay, what have you watched? Uh, my son and I went and saw Creed, directed by oh, yeah, Ryan Coogler. Yeah, the new Rocky film. It was fantastic, dude. Huh. It was really great. It took all the best stuff from the Rocky movies, especially the early grittier ones, and brought none of the kind of cheese with it that was in the later films. It's a great movie. It's brisk, it is tight, it is fun to watch, and it has uh, Sylvester Stallone as an aging Rocky who trains Apollo Creed's son. I'd say definitely check it out. It's such a fun watch. Uh, Also, we saw Krampus. Yeah. 
And I gotta say, I liked it a lot. Uh, this film's directed by Mike Doherty, who brought us Trick or Treat, the fantastic Halloween anthology film a few years ago. But I gotta say, I wanted it to be incredible, and it wasn't. It was kind of a mess in some ways. Uh, it has some great iconic scenes. The monsters are pretty good. Uh, but it almost felt like there was too much there. It should have been pared down some and streamlined a little bit uh, in order to kind of just make it flow better. But it's got a really great ending. The ending is awesome. It's a really nice twist. Uh, the cast is fun to watch. And the monsters are great, too. So, I, you know, I almost felt like I was nitpicking, but I, when I came out of the theater, I found I wasn't quite as happy as I wish I would have been. Hmm. All right. So it's a rental. Yeah, I would say it's a rental. It's a good rental. Out of five stars, what would you give it? Um, three and a half, I think. I'm sorry, we only accept whole numbers. Then have a ten scale there, buddy. <laughs> I'll give it a seven out of ten. Damn you! The problem right. is your scale, not my ranking. Is that it? That's it. But how will we compare these to Netflix movies, which are rated on a scale of one to five? Divide by two. So then it'd be one to two and a half, dig. You know what I mean. I know. What else you watch or read or whatever? Hey, oh, damn, there's okay, really I got else. it. I've read some terrible books. I'm not even going to read. Okay, I'm not even going to review them on the air. Uh, it... I'm reading the same comics I have been. Nothing new there. I'm still reading Chew. It still rocks. I'm still reading... What the um, fuck? I thought Chew was supposed to be done by now. You had this great, big, incredible battle culmination, and then it's like still going. And you're like, well, what the fuck are you doing, John? No, because you I thought know, it was over. Well, if you read the notes, there was that one comic book, and they said, this comic book is the midpoint in the series. This series does have an end. We do have a plan for it. And Yeah, and I thought so that plan was it was going to end after it. the big battle. Oh, you can't math. I guess not. It's still a good series, but uh, oh, yeah. I don't it's know. It's still good. Um, What else? Hey, so in the credit where do file, Drawing of the Three does get better. Thank you. And Stephen King thanks you. <laughs> they're, they're shooting people now and stuff. And it is yeah, more fun. Thank goodness. Yeah, I like the gunfights in that in that book. Yeah. Yeah, they've just I shot up. I think I read the... that book right around the time I saw... The Unforgiven, maybe within a year. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that would have added a whole new thing to it. The gunfights in that kind of reminded me of the gunfights in, in the book. What do you think of the casting rumors that are going around Idris Elba as Roland? You know, I like the actor, and I think he's regal enough for the part, but I don't think he's damaged enough for the part. Not damaged enough? What do you mean by that? He's got the... I mean, guy, he said guy. he's willing to lose three fingers for the role. Okay, well then, fuck, sign him up. <laughs> I think Roland is both regal. He's he's royal blood, you know. He's he's a statesman, but he's also just been beat to hell by the ravages of, of trying to keep this world evidently. together that is that is completely falling apart around. Various crustaceans, he just ravished him. The crustaceans also. You've really got an issue with those. Dad a chick, dad a chuck, don't you? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that's not scary. That's just stupid. Do you go to Red Lobster and get like the all-you-can-eat crab bucket and just just crush those things? And, and I do. I, I go in there and then I whip out a revolver and I just shoot right into the fucking bucket. <laughs> right into the bucket. All six bullets. Bam, bam, bam. I do the same thing. That way you don't have to worry about cracking the shells. And then, like, the busboys are grabbing me while I'm reloading. The busboys are grabbing you anyway. 
I thought you paid extra for that. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we listen to a tune? This one is dedicated to our Kickstarter backers. We're going to do one from the Pine Box Boys off their 2012 Christmas card in honor of our 2016 Film Fest. Merry Xmas. Mighty cold in this old gray house. It's getting ready to roll. So if I don't see you, Merry Xmas and a New Year. Made a snowman out of dirty snow. And I signed it You know what I'm saying The cops want me to go So if I don't see you Merry Xmas New Year Santa Is coming to town If I see him first I'll shoot him down Do you remember What I got you last year I borrowed your wallet And bought us some beer smell it you'll know it's from me so if I don't see you Merry Xmas and us Once again, that was the Pine Box Boys, who will be returning to Seattle for the 2016 Comedy Horrors Film Fest with their rendition of Merry Xmas from their 2012 Christmas card. So, dude, 
So now, uh, once again, we would like to thank each and every one of our Kickstarter backers for 2016 uh, to the live accompaniment of Mr. Paul Zinn of the Nickel Slots in order as the Who's Your Daddy part of our pledge drive. So... First, thank you to Eric Morgret for the, I think, third or fourth year in a row. He was our very first pledger. We should get him like a hat that says first or something. Yeah, something like that. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. And thank you to Otto Duelist. You didn't have to donate, but you did, but you did, but you did. And we thank you. You didn't have to kickstart, but you did, but you did, but you did. We thank you every spring for six years strong. The Bone Dad Boys put a kick-ass show on. But there wouldn't be no more story to tell. If you hadn't answered when they hollered for help, we want to thank you. We want to thank you. Thank you to Smoke Emotion. And Shannon Flowers, the incomparable Shannon Flowers. Thank you to Curtis Lowe. And to Alex Sinclair. Thank you to Sean C. Thomas. And Diana Flett. Thank you to Rich Wasserman. And thank you, Kimberly Poole. Thank you. Now you get to hear the Pine Box Boys. They make some really funky, scary noise. Steve and Gord are gonna be there too All because of donors just like you We wanna thank you Thank you to Robin Momi And to Patrick Crowley Patrick Crowley, woohoo! Woo. Thank you to Melissa Fuda Headwall And to Preston Patton Thanks to George HK Yeah, and Aaron Burke Thank to Jessica and Jesse Brash. And thank you, Juanita and Doug Thomas. Thank you to Corey J. Stewart. And Vince Brando. Thank you to DZZ. DZZ and Zach Ingle. Thank you to G.G. Silverman, author extraordinaire. And to Michael Jelly. Thank you to IZ. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to Ray Mizra. And thank you to Julie Ray. See what we did there? I see what you did. Thank you to Andy. And to the amazing Cobalt Salon and Gallery in Davis, California. Woohoo! Woo! Thank you to Linda Arneson. Thank you to Michael Burroughs. Two thank yous to Lorelai Shannon. And to Lorelai Shannon. See how she got two thank yous there? <laughs> I see what you did there. All right. Hey, thank you to Scott Foster. And to Brian Denton. Thank you, Josh Merrimore. Thank you to Alexander Banna. Thank you, Paul Rucker. Thank you to Laura Lepkowski. Aw, oh, Laura. Thank you. Thank you, Elisa Matter. Thank you to Death Star. Ah, Death Star. Long time part of this film festival. Thank you, Dennis Benjamin. DB! Thank you to Justin Robinson. You are too kind, sir. We love you. And thank you, A. Thank you to A. And to the other 25 letters in the alphabet as well. Letters of the alphabet, yes. But not as much as we're thanking A. <laughs> Thank you to Katie Dewey. And to Wade Buckley. Thank you to Shannon Kay. And to Jessica Moore. Thank you to Rick Miller. And thank you, Jerry Cooch. Jerry Cooch. 
Thank you to Judy Wokoon. Thank you, Julie Holverson, another longtime supporter whom we love dearly. And thank you to the incomparable Tony K. Yeah. Thank you, Ramiro Zamaripa. Thank you, Daniel Odd. Thank you, Liam Price. Limo! Thank you to Alan Mortensen. And to Will Kadra. Thank you to Mark Fye. Hey, Mark Fye, thank you. That's the uh, very creative Mark Fye from JesterToy.com, who I didn't even know was a supporter until just now. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> thank you to Doiner. And thank you to Matt F. Thank you. We want to thank you. You didn't have to donate, but you did, but you did, but you did. And we thank you. You didn't have to kickstart, but you did, but you did, but you did. And we thank you. You didn't have to cough up, but you did, but you did, but you did. And we thank you. You didn't have to shell out, but you did, but you did, but you did. And we thank you. Right on. Dude, that was fucking awesome. Thank you so much. That was cool. That gave me a a good excuse to get back in touch with ZZ Top. Oh, that's so great. That was fun. Thank you, man. Yeah, you bet. So thank you again to all of our Kickstarter backers. You all did a wonderful job tolerating my constant missives over the last 33 days and still firing in with your support to make the next film festival a reality. We can't wait to entertain you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. All right. And, of course, thank you so much to Paul Zinn and the Nickel Slots. Thanks for having me on the show. I, oh, the, the whole band appreciates you guys uh, helping us out. Every time we put out something new, it, it's a, a, a great favor. Oh, it's our pleasure. And thank you for, you know, serving up a big chunk of the music for our Christmas episode. That's it, it's just thematically perfect. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you to MC Lars for spending some time with us and also letting us play your awesome new tunes. It's been a lot of fun this episode to share so much great new music with the masses. Our usual bullshit. Usual bullshit. Show number is 425-296-6557. Phone it in so we don't phone it in. Or you can email us to steve at bonehand.com. Yeah, you got a website there, Steve? We do, bonehand.com. It's the home of the Heavy Half Hour as well as the Bone Bat Show. And I am over at mightywombat.com, the recently redesigned, continually debugged website. For my cartoons, my weekly cartoon, Mighty Wombat, and my new comic series, Hitler Balls. Also, you can follow me at Mighty underscore Wombat on Twitterage. You can follow Bonehand on Twitter as well. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed and a Facebook group. You like what we do? Tell an enemy. If that doesn't work out for you, tell a friend. Spread the word. Let people know. The Bonebat Show. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. One final tune tonight. From our friends, the Nickel Slots, we've got uh, their version of Holly Jolly Christmas. I hope you dig it. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. (laughs) (laughs) No, Gord, you have a great one. (laughs) Thank you.
Well, have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow. Let's all drink some beer. Well, have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, come on and say hello to friends that you know and everyone you meet. Hey ho, the mistletoe hung where you can't see. Somebody's waiting there, won't you kiss her once for me? Have a holly jolly Christmas, and in case you did not hear, oh by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas. Christmas, and in case you did not hear, hope oh, by golly have a holly jolly Christmas this year. Adele, Pharrell, Menzel, Groban, and Buble? Those aren't even real words. Where can I find the traditional Christmas songs I'm looking for? Ho, ho, ho. Ease up, Tiny Kim. I've got your Christmas hits right here. These nuts roasting by an open fire. You'd better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus don't like your bitch ass. It's Christmas with the Bone Bat Show. 69 holiday hits from the people that brought you. My dick is so big, Santa built a workshop next to it. Who wants some dick? You want some dick? They want some dick? We want some dick? My balls are flapping sounds just like clapping when I am fapping. I'm almost done. Join us in the Yuletide chorus. Fa la 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 la. Touch your girl on the clitoris. Fa la 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 la. Sing with me in merry measure. Fa la 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 la. Now it's time for butthole pleasures. Fa la 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 la. Up on my penis, got my palm. I'm thinking about your mom. Who can forget such classics like? Grandma got rear-ended by a reindeer. Outside the cold keeps snapping, but I brought lots of porn for fapping. Plus, since we didn't spend any time at all thinking about the title, we have time for even more hits, like... Oh, well, it's lovely weather for some incest together with you. I've got a hot salami, gonna give it to mommy and you. Oh, well, I've bleached my anus just like someone famous would do. So turn on the camera, gonna jam it in grandma and you. Got it up, hurry up, hurry up, let's go. This thing's gonna blow. 
This boner isn't just for show. You haven't touched my peen since the week of Halloween. So I'll have blue balls for Christmas. And don't forget this soon-to-be classic. Gonna empty my balls in Santa Claus. That's Christmas with the Bone Bat Show. 69 big hits for only $69.95. Order now at christmaswiththebonebatshow.org.pizza.geocities.com. Available now. Stock and limited supply. Offer good only in the state of Jefferson and Guam. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Woohoo! Yeah! Happy New Year! It's a party with Lars! Party with Lars! It's a party with Lars! Party with Lars! It's a party with Lars! Party with Lars! It's a party with Lars! Man, last time I party with Lars, he was on the roof Mouth all bleeding with a broken tooth He did a backflip with a broken leg And turned around, spun around, and looked at us and said He said, my name's Sepsi Lars, I'm gonna jump off the roof We said, don't do it He said, I'm gonna do it We said, don't do it He said, I'm gonna do it Then he did it Then he landed on his feet Then he broke into a dance move Doing crazy types of shit that people can't do He did the moonwalk, mixed it with the Macarena All the girls aroused and then they started masturbating Then he grew wings and he floated right over the pool this dude is a fool, this shit was so cool He partied so hard, nobody parties as hard When you party with Lars, man, this shit is insane It's a party with Lars, party with Lars Was Zelda on a chain? It's a party with Lars, party with Lars He was smoking cocaine It's a party with Lars, party with Lars I'll be glad that you came It's a party with Lars, party with Lars hey, What's a party with Lars? Wait, hold on, Spose, what if my mom hears this? It's a party with Lars! Not sure if that was a fart or a horn. <laughs> ah, it was my fart horn. Okay. <laughs>